Believe it or not, it's episode 25 of the ER Podcast. Today's episode is part two of our conversation with Jay Carlson, president of NiceLink Home Furnishings. If you caught episode 24, you'll remember NiceLink implemented and launched Acumatica, the cloud ERP, in June, June of this year, right in the middle of a certain pandemic you might have heard something about. And as it is with all ERP, especially critical during times of market disruption, NiceLink automated so they didn't need so much labor and so many spreadsheets. They connected digitally with their customers, so they're taking sales orders that somebody else is paying to fill out instead of hiring more folks internally to fill out sales orders. They got control over seven national warehouses with a pretty complex sales model. They expanded e-commerce with items appearing on other e-tailers' websites, opening new channels and new market shares. Now, did all this just happen by ERP magic? No. <laughs> no, it's, it, it's hard work and you need help from implementation partners such as NiceLink's go-to. A firm called Net at Work, who if you know ERP, you've heard of Net at Work over the years as a leading ERP implementation partner. Of course, ERP is something most companies pay attention to maybe once or twice every decade, but take my word for it, Net at Work is a major player. Jay will speak about them on today's episode. NiceLink Home Furnishings was at the right place at the right time when the home furnishings sector kind of took off. Home offices needed refurbs when homes suddenly became everybody's full-time work locale during the initial lockdown. Kids needed space to connect to school and remote learning. Increased time at home and people weren't spending money on travel or in some cases restaurants. So for many, disposable income went up at a time when their time at home was going up and the furniture stores were locked down too. So online they went. You heard about Wayfair, they had record months. We all know about Amazon and, and, and how they delivered everything. But NiceLink also found themselves in places like Overstock.com, Macy's, Costco, and, and several others. So is this just a story of right place, right time in the home furnishing space? Answer, yes and no. It's more than home furnishings. It's a story of ERP technology cutting overhead internal costs. It's a story of distribution efficiencies. It's a story of being able to instantly understand inventories across seven warehouses. It's a story of becoming easier to work with for your customers. It's a story of digital transformation, and it's a story of decreased cost and increased revenues. It's a story for the new Covidian economy. It's a great story. So let's join Jay Carlson, president of NiceLink Home Furnishings for part two of the interview. It's all coming up right after the break here on the ER Podcast. If you're looking at a new ERP for your business and you talk to anyone who's just completed an ERP implementation, it's almost universal that they'll tell you that you need to pick the right ERP software, you need the time, the budget, the devotion to the project, but most importantly, you need the right implementation partner. The folks that configure and set up the system, train and roll it out and support you afterwards. Net at Work has been an ERP and technology leader for 20 plus years. They've been the partner of record for over 6,000 clients implementing software and technology. 6,000. 
With offices nationwide and a reputation stretching back to 1996, they take a solution agnostic approach and have come to be known as problem solvers and promise keepers. Profit from ERP has used NetWork for Sage X3 evaluations, and they do NetSuite as well as other complementary technology solutions. For the NetWork team, it's all about making an impact and unleashing the power of their client's business. It's true. If you have a company, resources, people, years of dedication, then NetWork brings their combination of experience and talent and industry expertise to make it all work just a little bit better. That's the power of your company unleashed. Today's episode focuses on the Acumatica practice. Network has the background as you'd expect. They know what it takes to manage a successful ERP practice. Adding Acumatica meant simply bringing in a different technology skill set to bear on the methodologies that were proven time and time again. Network's Acumatica practice leader, Stuart Blumenthal. Stuart will say, when you do it right, when he says that, here's what that means. He's seen other clients do it right, and he's seen the outcome many times over, and that's what you want. And that's why Profit from ERP can recommend NetWorks Acumatica practice. Our job is to help you sort through all the different ERP choices, and when Acumatica is right for you, get you involved with the NetWork team. Because with a good software choice and a great implementation partner, you're headed in a great direction. And when you do it right, <laughs> well, that's where we get profit from ERP. Get it? You can get it when you work with us and a top implementation partner like NetAtWork. When you're ready to start looking at ERP, look at Acumatica and NetAtWork. Contact us at info at profitfromerp.com and we'll get you started. And now back to today's podcast. We rejoin the interview in progress to find out how did Jay Carlson and NiceLink end up with Acumatica? Um, my understanding was you guys looked at NetSuite, you looked at Acumatica, both of which NetAtWork has great practices in. What yep. were your deciding factors? What led you to Acumatica? Um, it was more about the simplicity. And again, I go back to what we were just talking about. Not having um, an IT staff, not having the 20 people that I really need to run this business, you know, and having a short, you know, small staff, it really, we were looking for something that looked a lot like QuickBooks um, that we could use pretty user friendly. Now there's a lot, um, there's so much to it, so much more than QuickBooks that, you know, you kind of get into your little ecosphere, if you will, and you work with what works best for you. And we've been able to, as we've, you know, got used to the system and, and using it, um, you know, there's so much more we could probably be doing with it if we had more time and more people to really get involved with it. But what we liked about the Acumatica versus NetSuite, they both seemed relatively simple. I mean, both a big leap from QuickBooks, obviously, but it we felt what we needed to use was to be as user friendly and be able to get to the data that we needed quickly. And then the people that are doing the internal accounting and billing and, and purchasing is really the ease of use, if you will. Right. A lot of companies start looking at ERP when they land a big box store client and suddenly, you know, they need new systems. There's requirements from getting into some of these places and stuff like that. You guys were already working with Wayfair, right? Yep. Um, so, I mean, what would your advice be to other entrepreneurs of, of 
when do you make that move? Do you establish the uh, baseline technology with ERP and and then take on the big box stores? Or because it seems like you know suddenly you're serving Home Depot or whatever it is, and it's a huge rush to get everything up and running. It's 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 a compressed right. time zone and pretty stressful for a lot of folks. Yeah. What would your recommendation be there? So, you know, I can only speak to what I know in regards to that. I mean, one of the things we had an advantage of is we were well capitalized from um, what we were already doing and growing our business. So a lot of the seeds had been planted. Um, and at the time I got involved with the Wayfarers and people like that, it was, I felt pretty comfortable that I had the right products for their business model. Um, and they knew of us. So that was, that relationship was easy to, to cross that bridge, if you will. Um, and I had faith in our product coming out of China. And I knew that because we were on a lot of brick and mortar floors, I had a good sense of what could sell. However, if I were talking to a competitor in a, in, you know, in, in a, in a way where it was a um, non-disclosure type thing. And, you know, if I was, if I was a consultant, let's say to this business, I would say to them, you know, if you are established and you think you have the right products for them, then what I would do is probably make the, the leap towards the investment on the front end rather than wait. Um, back three, four years ago, and this is how things change. I mean, things are so dynamic right now. Um, you know, if you look back at March and how this pandemic affected everyone and you saw Wayfair stock go to 25 and they've been, you know, losing money quarter over quarter. And it's like the Amazon model, but how long were they going to stay in business and were they going to be viable? Now I, we felt they would be viable. That was always you know, when you look at Wall Street and you look at some of these companies, you're like, ah, I don't know if they're going to be around. Well, their stock price went to 25 and it shot back up to 350 over the subsequent months because they were well positioned for the pandemic and they really, really put a foothold into um, e-coms going to be here and people are all about it now. And now it's um, their growth is just tremendous. And I think uh, I don't. I didn't worry about them making it before, but I was. I'm definitely not worried now. But in 2017, 2016, it was a little bit more of a leap of faith. And so at that time, for us, we weren't totally comfortable investing in the software because if the uh, upholstery side of our business, the leather business, didn't come to fruition, QuickBooks was just fine with our fabric division, which is right. more of a non-growth, if you will. It's, we still get faxes from customers for releases <laughs> and things like that where, you know, we're not working on EDI with any of those. So I didn't need it. So now if I were today, if I were getting into this business, I would take that leap now and I would invest in that at this point ahead of that. And then you just need to make sure you're well capitalized because it takes a lot of money to bring in containers of furniture to sit there and then hope that it sells. Um, you know, and then once you get the right mix, if you will, the matrix of you have selling products, well, those are not just going to sell today. They're not going to just sell tomorrow. They're going to sell over time. And then you start adding to that. But it's uh, it's a big investment on the front end. And, you know, and we're seeing the returns now and the profits that we invested in years ago. So, yeah. Well, anything fashion related is always a um, you never know what's going to sell next year or whatever. Sure. And 
when you've got long lead times from someplace like China or something like that, it can yeah. be a pretty big supply chain demand management issue. How are things better now with Acumatica? What, what are you able to see? Are you able to track trends in, in sales of different items and that type of thing? So, yes. And if we would have done this podcast a year from now, I would probably say yes. But we're still <laughs> learning that as we go. So, you know, we just hired another young person into our company who's excited about the business. And he's got some software background um, and nothing in particular to this, but sharp people. You know, it's it's hard to get young people into our business, even though um, people can do quite well in it because they're there, it's a huge business and there's not a lot of people because people get out of school and say, oh, furniture, I want to go into software. I want to be, I want to be Facebook or I want to start yeah. the next great dot com company. And actually all the tools are here. And it, the exciting thing is we can be involved in all those things. So we're finding young people that are excited about it coming in. And so um, my my main logistics person, um, Lynn McFerrin, she's great, um, but is overwhelmed with so many day-to-day things that I'm getting her more help so we can then explore more of the tools that Acumatica allows. However, that being said, the forecasting tools have helped us tremendously because QuickBooks has nothing like that. You can just basically pull up a graph and see what you sold, but it doesn't really tell you anything. So, um, you know, I was just talking to uh, Stuart, um, prior to our call here, um, who's at net at work. And, uh, we are talking about, we're going live with Costco.com on a new program out of a new warehouse in California. And this, I think is our seventh or eighth warehouse we put in, in the last three years, as far as, uh, where we're, where we're landing products. And that's going to be our Costco.com warehouse. And that's going live, uh, next week. And the nice thing about having Network Acumatica is they buy in SKUs, if you will. So that it's packs, kits, if you will. Right. So if you go to their website, you might see a two of our groups there. And it might be you could buy the sofa, you could buy the sofa chair, or you could buy the sofa chair chair. But you can't just buy a chair and you can't just buy, you know. So what I'm saying is that you have those three options. Well, we now have to translate that when the EDI order comes over and have to balance that with inventory when a SKU number comes over. Um, they have to be able to go put that together. And um, so that has to work with EDI, that has to work with Costco, and it has to work with NiceLink that they can buy those kits specifically as a SKU. And that was very limiting. We would have never got this far with uh, QuickBooks. So that's been something that's been um, a great leap for us, if you will. Well, that's another thing, you know, if you've got a moment to talk about. I mean, people talk about ERP as a solution, right? That it's going to solve all your problems on day one and, and you flip the switch and, and we've all got unicorns and bunnies coming out or whatevers. And you, when, when you talk about demand management and forecasting and things like that, the more data that gets into the system, the better the forecasts become. The, the, the more you can understand all the different, you know, relationships in, in the yeah. supply chain. That's one of the last things to come up for most clients. And, and you guys are working through that process. I mean, can you kind of talk about the growth within your own ability, your staff's ability to use the tool once you got it in and, and how that's improved? Well, I mean, I, I just simplify that and just say that, you know, from 
you know, again, we've been live only since June 1st. And so, and, you know, with the pandemic and uh, the inability to travel, I've been able to spend more time on the system. And with the tools involved, it's, it, I could already see the efficiencies it's created because, again, I have to make up for not having 10 people working in this department. And so from an accounting perspective, from a reports perspective, from a real-time information perspective, like with QuickBooks, I could only really do uh, where are we with a P&L perspective on a Friday because that's when I would take my inventory and I would take it to my sales and I would put a journal entry basically uh, against the cost of goods and then you know lifting or lowering the inventory. And so it's a very antiquated system. And this is live information at any given time. And with the EDI and the e-com business being so fluid and, and things changing so quickly, um, it's allowed us to just get more information and be be more efficient, which probably would save me an accountant out of the road or two, um, you know, as this thing grows. So, you know, I like the automation of it. Um, and, you know, again, going back to um, going back to Acumatica University or Network University and learning more as we go through the next uh, couple months, um, you know, should it should help us a lot. Okay. Well, Everybody knows. I mean, the industry reputation of Network, they've been around a long time. They, they're known as a, a really good ERP shop. Um, but from what, what I understand, you guys relied on a lot of their business coaching and, and experience and best practices, which yeah. not, not every ERP re reseller out there has. Can, can you right. kind of speak to how Network has helped you guys out in that area? Yeah. So, you know, I am not a CPA. I do have outside financial CPAs um, that I'll turn the reports over to and they'll do all our financials and all that. But I am a finance and accounting major, but just not a CPA. And, you know, I have to run this business from a perspective of, um, you know, when you when you you have a whole accounting staff in China running the big business and then we started to grow the company here. Um, it was very manageable, but, um, you know, working with Stuart and net at work team, uh, in regards to their accounting and best practices in helping us, you know, really, you know, over and above what they did for just the software in the ERP system is going back to them and talking about accounting practices and what other people do in this situation and how you value things and from, uh, and we were able to learn through the software practices. I mean, I think QuickBooks, you know, as you see, they're advertising all the time. I think it's great for the entrepreneur to start a business. And um, my wife has a baking company and a gluten-free food company, and she used QuickBooks. And, you know, she's got no accounting background. And it takes the basics. But as we get deeper into um, accounting and accounting practices, I could feel comfortable in calling up Stuart or getting them on a, a phone call and asking them about how others do uh, various practices around, you know, manufacturing, importing, things like that as it relates to accounting and how that relates to uh, the ERP system in general. It sounds great. So overall, you know, my company's called Profit from ERP, so we're always trying to focus on uh, what is this, what's the ROI, how's this paid for itself, all of that type of thing. How, do, how, how would you describe 
the value of, of going through this process. And I really liked what you said. You can't keep throwing labor and spreadsheets at things. No. How would you, how would you value that to your company? Well, I mean, quite simply, um, you can only go so far with what we had and, um, I, we had to get to that next level. Um, so it was just a given that if we were really going to open up our own DC and then go into other DCs around the country, um, we would need the real time software. So when you value ROI, I mean, obviously you've got to value it on, um, a profit perspective and what you're paying for that service. Um, and you know, I'm in a very commodity industry. You go onto a Wayfair site and you can find 5,000 uh, products on there, or I mean, obviously you can find a lot more than that, but in my category, five to 10,000 in that category. Um, so we have to have the product to obviously service those people. But I could only sell Wayfair because they gave me the tools because they were already set up. So I could link in QuickBooks to do that. I could not sell the next tier of a more direct customer. And by the way, with the ability to set up our own DCs and have e-com support that, I am now back to selling a more vibrant program because now I can sell the brick and mortar retailers that don't buy out of China directly very often, or if they do, it's a lot of mixed containers and not an easy, efficient business. But what they now do is come into our warehouse and buy big quantities out of there. Well, that create that business was created by the fact that I that we were able to set up the system to sell the e-com players to then have a profitable business to turn around and grow more inventory and then sell some others that are not in that necessarily that channel, but that was kind of a bonus to it. So when you say how do I value it, well, I just look at the opportunities it creates because in an ever-changing world where people look at China and tariffs and, and all the hassle of trying to flow containers. Well, if I can sell them out of China directly, but I can also keep product here in warehouses that I can link to their sites. You know, maybe they're not a traditional e-com player, but everyone's moving into the e-com business to help support their business. And this pandemic has only made that uh, more important to everyone where they're selling off uh, their own sites. So, like, for instance, we have a big program going with Macy's on their floors on 70 stores across the country. Well, what they also said was, we like what you're doing out of your e-com uh, platform, and we can link it to our platform in its infinite space. It's just an easy sale for Macy's because they don't have to floor it. They don't have to invest in the uh, in the uh, inventory. And, hey, they get an order. Someone trusts that brand, and they want to put it on the Macy's credit card. We ship it out of our warehouse, it goes to them, and it's just a picture on their website. And I couldn't do that without what we, you know, how we put this all together. In the Acumatica program, let me link into a Macy's program, let me link into an Overstock program. And then through that, uh, growing that business, let me put more inventory in where I could sell others of the same type of product that people could link in. So it almost kind of grew organically uh, and is still growing organically because it's still, you know, in a heavy growth mode. But that is, to me, that's how I look at what the return is on this. We've been preaching to a lot of our clients and, and things like that, especially when the pandemic hit, is you've got to do a complete 
digital transformation to be able to to to, to reflexively react to the market changing conditions and everything and you guys I mean, this is a concrete example of, of how you've had the flexibility to move into the, a lot of different areas and, and really expand and, and, you know, really come out of this on top. Yep. Yeah. I, you know, it's been something that um, we were limited and it was just a matter of, do we take this leap? Do we invest the money? And it was, you know, in, in retrospect, it was worth it. It was a and it was a trying year, too, with all the cancellations at the beginning of the year and not knowing if we were even going to be in business with uh, with what's going on. And obviously, we're still in the thick of this, but it seems that, you know, and I know a lot of people are suffering out there. So, you know, I know we're blessed in that sense that we're, you know, in the, the least for us uh, and, you know, everything related to home and, you know, real estate and all that has been something that we've been blessed to be a part of in this, uh, you know, in this, you know, sort of tragedy that we're going through. And uh, I'd probably trade a lot of it away to have a normal world, but you know, I'll take, <laughs> I'll take it, you know, if that's, if it's been given to me and, and, and luckily we benefited when I didn't think we were going to. So yeah, it's been a trying year, but um, you know, I'm glad we, we kept forward and um, you know, even despite, and, and I'll, and I'll tell you another thing, uh, Network Acumatica, they were great with, um, you know, when we felt like we were really in a crunch, they worked with us in regards to, you know, making sure they believed in us and we believed in them. And, you know, I was waiting for our PPP program to come through, you know, to kind of tide us over for the month or two and make sure I kept everyone on staff. And uh, they were great uh, with that, too. So just from a personal perspective, from a relationship perspective, um, have appreciated everything they've done. And they've been good partners. That's great. That's great. Well, my favorite thing about this business is you get to meet a lot of companies that are doing amazing things. And, and you guys certainly have a great story there. I appreciate you sharing that with the audience here. Sure. Absolutely. All right. Anything else you'd like to add? No, I'm, uh, everything's going great. And, uh, just, uh, going to keep pushing our friends at net at work to, uh, Help us uh, make sure that we're good to go on Costco next week. So it's all growing and it's all good. That sounds great. Yeah. Well, we will definitely look for you up there on the Costco website. All right. Cool. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Right. Appreciate your time. Excellent story. There were a lot of important points there just to kind of go over some of the things. There was when to make the move to ERP and capacity to promise how they're still learning that and growing with ERP and how growth makes the software, one of the last things to come up, but so important, not having to have 10 people in a department. I mean, lean staffing is really important for, for companies that need to maintain a low overhead. And having live in inventory information always, you've got to have that in e-com. They talked about avoiding to hire two future accountants in the future and getting accounting help from Net at Work, their partner. Also, you can only get so far with what you had. Sometimes you've got to have that infrastructure to, to move to the next level. And selling to retailers and new channels, values created when opportunities that weren't available to you before are available with Cloud ERP. Opening up with Macy's and the traditional software limitations, the concerns for even when you don't know if the business is going to survive. And then the flexibility and relationship with net at work and getting ready for Costco. Excellent story. And specifically how ERP, in this case, Acumatica ERP really helped them in challenging times. Here's the thing. This is not a one-off. 
If you undertake ERP correctly, build the business case, choose the right software, work with the right implementation partner, if you follow the methodology we've developed at Profit from ERP, developed from observation of best case methodology and seeing the pitfalls some companies step in, when you do it right, you too can achieve the goals that you set out to attain. Now, we've tracked stories in dozens of companies over the past few months and how they've used technology to survive the COVID lockdowns. So what next? What comes, what's coming? What do we see in the next few months? Well, listening to the news, it looks like more lockdowns are on the way. The Americans are wondering, are new As COVID-19 cases soar, that means there will be no fans at schools, clothes, and for outdoor gatherings, no food and beverages. For a new wave of But there's beginning to be a lot of resistance to further lockdowns, and some actual science showing lockdowns aren't the answer. And vaccines should be online relatively soon. But regardless, the days of the downtown office are very likely over. A combination of the incredible waste of time of people having to spend an hour commuting both ways combined with, you know, whether we really like Zoom or not, the fact is digital connection means I can be face-to-face with a coworker in a web meeting quicker than when I worked right down the hall from her. And on top of it all, companies are realizing the cost efficiencies of, of not leasing all that Class A office space. So where does this leave you, the mid-sized business? Well, for one, Cloud ERP connects with your workers better, regardless of where they're located. Two, Cloud ERP, being built for the internet era, offers better interconnectivity with staff, vendors, and customers. Three, Cloud ERP gives you flexibility and resilience because while we're seeing a stabilization in the pre-vaccine COVIDian economy, the world is rapidly changing. There's no doubt about that. And there's probably a couple of generations of change to anticipate over the next three to five years. In any case, it's time to sit down and discuss the specifics of your situation for people that understand these digital technologies, like us at Profit from ERP. Info at ProfitFromERP.com. Drop us a line, and we'll set up a time with the right consultant. These days, there's lots of companies moving to cloud ERP. It's really booming. I'm even doing a lot of Zoom meetings myself. But regardless of what industry or situation, we can help you find the right consulting team to put together the case, that business case, and shortlist you to the right vendors with key software to approach your business and how your business is going to function for the next few years. Now, ERP, by the way, that's an umbrella term. ERP used to contain modules for BI, business intelligence, and and, and AI, artificial intelligence, WMS, supply chain, HR, FP&A. All of those at one time were modules of ERP. Now, sometimes we do recommend products that have a best practice to connect to ERP, but whichever way you want to go, whichever enterprise software, we'll connect you with the right people, products, and process to profit from ERP. For the ER Podcast and ProfitFromERP.com, I'm your host, Gene Hammonds, reminding you, at Profit From ERP, our clients make ERP pay.